Hello, and welcome back to the Resonance Revolution. I'm your host, Vanessa Wood. In the previous episode, you heard how everything is made up of energy, which organizes itself into fields and uses that information to constantly inform itself in a feedback loop. This is the basis for how our visible world is shaped by invisible forces and where the blueprint for our physical reality comes from. In this episode, I'll be following on from there and talking about the difference between our physical and subtle energy systems. I'll explain the remarkable ways our bodies make, store and transmit physical energy. These are important pieces of the puzzle, which will help you to understand how it is that our bodies know what they need to heal and how we can use that information to accelerate healing. You'll also hear about some new scientific discoveries about energy and the biofield, which are challenging the mainstream scientific establishment and giving it a good old shake-up, which in my opinion is well overdue. So let's begin by answering that very important question, what's the difference between physical and subtle energy? Simply put, physical energy is the stuff that we can more easily see, feel and measure. And subtle energy is, well, more subtle and harder to measure. In the context of our biofield, physical energy is a biological form of electricity, which is called bioelectricity. And just as we need electricity to power our homes, we need bioelectricity to power our bodies. Both electricity and bioelectricity can be measured in voltage. Voltage is the flow of electrons, which are the subatomic particles with a negative charge that orbit the nucleus of an atom. But to be more precise, in the modern atomic model, the electron is less like a particle with a defined orbit and a bit more like a cloud surrounding the nucleus of an atom. What happens when we don't have the right amount of voltage? Just like any electrical device, having too much or too little voltage in our body affects our performance. Having too much voltage can overload our circuits, which is why it's so important to be well grounded. When we take our shoes off and put our feet directly on the ground, any accumulated excess charge in our bodies can discharge and go to ground safely. If we don't regularly practice grounding, the excess charge can build up and cause physical, mental and emotional health issues. You can read my blog post on how to stay well grounded all year round on my website. Having just the right amount of voltage in our cells for optimal health is a delicate balance and is strongly influenced by how alkaline or acid our bodies are. Thanks to the research of Dr. Jerry Tennant and his book Healing is Voltage, we now know that for healthy function, a cell needs between 7.35 and 7.45 pH, which is alkaline, 
or between negative 20 and negative 30 millivolts, which is negatively charged. However, our cells wear out and need to replace themselves at an astonishing rate. For example, the rods and cones of the retina are replaced every 48 hours. The lining of the intestines is replaced every three days. Your skin in six weeks. Liver in nine weeks. Nervous system in eight months. And bones every year. Every seven years, you're a whole new person. I wonder if this is a factor in the cycle of relationships we call the seven-year itch. To replace itself or heal, a cell needs a boost of voltage of between negative 50 millivolts to negative 90 millivolts, plus of course the right nutrition and reduction in toxins that damages cells as fast as they're made. When our body runs out of electrons, they can't metabolise the oxygen they need to function. But the cell doesn't just stop working and wait around for more electrons. It dutifully continues trying to repair damage, replicate and make DNA. But being starved of oxygen and having no more electrons means the cell must exist in a state of positive charge, which can lead to disease. According to Tennant, at negative 15 millivolts, the body becomes tired. At negative 10 millivolts, it gets sick. At negative 5 millivolts, the organs stop working. And at 0 millivolts and beyond, there is a reverse in polarity, chronic acidity, DNA damage and potentially cancer. What is polarity? Just like a battery has a positive terminal and a negative terminal, our cells do too. The opposing polarities of positive and negative charges creates potential energy and the movement of current. Our body makes bioelectricity from multiple fuel sources, like food and beverages, sunlight, oxygen and subtle energy which we'll talk about in the next episode. The most powerful bioelectricity generator in our body is our heart, which generates between 60 and 100 times more power than the brain. The heart has an electromagnetic field 100 times stronger than the brain and can be detected by machines several feet out from the body in all directions. But our heart is not the only part of us that makes bioelectricity. Our bones, muscles, tendons, ligaments and even bacteria in our gut are piezoelectric, which means that when pressure is applied to their crystalline structures, they polarise into positive and negative electrical poles and generate electricity. So we know how our bodies make bioenergy. But how then does the body distribute or conduct energy and information to the other parts? Great question. I'm glad you asked. The Western scientific model of conventional medicine 
is based on the notion that humans are made from chemicals and mechanics. But as I mentioned earlier, this model is very outdated, and even electromagnetic forces are too slow to explain how humans survive, or are able to do things like juggle while riding a unicycle. To give you an idea of the level of intercellular coordination involved just in keeping you alive, here are some numbers. You may think of yourself as an individual, but you are actually a community of about 50 to 100 trillion cells, and each cell is doing around 100,000 different processes per second. The chemical signalling mechanisms of the nervous system communicate at a speed of between 10 and 100 metres per second, which is much too slow to explain many human processes, and neural signalling cannot even begin to cope with this amount of information. This would suggest that another force is at work. But what is this miraculous force? Allow me to answer that question with some rope. Imagine two people standing a few metres apart, and they're each holding one end of a long loose rope. One person waves the rope vigorously up and down, and the rope waves eventually reach the other person holding the other end, who feels the rope pulling up and down. That movement represents electromagnetic force. Now imagine that the rope the two people are holding is tight with no slack in it, and one person gives it a hard pull. This immediately pulls the person holding the other end in the same direction of the pull. That movement represents electric force, which moves at the speed of light. According to the electric universe theorists, the best explanation as to why one cell instantly knows what every other cell is doing and keeps the whole communication system of the body from collapsing is due to electric force. Anything else and intercellular communication just wouldn't be fast enough to support life. Wallace Thornhill, electric universe theorist and co-author of the book The Electric Universe, believes that the whole universe is connected via these electric forces, which are like invisible strings. In his view, this theory answers the puzzle of quantum entanglement, which is when two particles that have met in some way only once can be in instant communication with one another forever, even though they are separated by hundreds of kilometres. Thornhill believes different forces are dominant at different scales. He sees galaxies as being electromagnetic, solar systems as gravitational, and when you get down to the atomic and subatomic, it's the electric force which is dominant. He believes the direct electric force is dominant in all biological structures, such as the human body. Electric force not only explains how cells can communicate much faster than the speed of chemical or neural transmission, 
it also explains how tapping therapies, acupressure and acupuncture work. Dr. Joey Jones and company have tested vision-related acupuncture points on human feet using an fMRI machine and discovered that when these points are stimulated, neural circuits in the brain's occipital lobes are activated almost immediately at a rate far faster than neural conduction can explain. But if we assume that electric signals are being used, it all makes much more sense. Similar to the way the wiring system in your house conducts electricity, our bodies also have a network of conductive cabling capable of transmitting vast amounts of information at lightning speed. Say hello to your little friend called fascia. Fascia is the connective tissue that surrounds your organs, muscles and skeleton. Both fascia and its friend collagen are semiconductors, which means they can conduct energy very quickly from one point to another. However, deep scars in our fascia can create a short circuit in our body's wiring, which stops the flow of energy from powering other parts of the body. But there's a way around this problem, which I call sonic scar therapy. If you would like to know more about this therapy and how I use it to overcome short circuits, you can listen to the episode called My Services. As the name suggests, your connective tissue system connects every part of your body to every other part and is the largest organ of the body. But as well as conduct energy, it can also process and store information. Much like the microchips in your computer, which is thanks to its liquid crystal structure. Crystals are highly ordered arrays of molecules, which can store and transmit information. According to Gerald Pollack, the author of The Fourth Phase of Water, It appears that the water that makes up 70% of our bodies is crystalline, or structured water, which helps make high-speed communication between cells possible. The more ordered or coherent your crystal array or matrix, the faster more information can be processed. If you are as old as me, you'll probably remember when cell phones were the size of bricks and had chunky antennas sticking out of them. Nowadays, cell phones are much smaller and their antennas are built in, which gives them a sleeker, more streamlined appearance. Our biological cells, which incidentally are what cell phones were named after, also have a built-in antenna, which helps them to receive and transmit energy and information signals. Our cellular antennas are called microtubules, which are located in the skeletal structure of every cell. They act like tiny girders to reinforce the shape of the cell. What's amazing is that these microtubules appear to be attuned to the energy of the fields in which they exist, 
and assist the cell in carrying out complex restructuring in response to these signals. But microtubules are not the only players in the cellular communication game. There are an important class of protein sugars called integrins that convert information between the environment outside the cells and the inside of the cell. They anchor the cell's skeleton and other internal elements of the cell's structure, even the nucleus, to the connective tissue outside the cell. So there is a feedback loop of information going into the cell and information coming from the cell and being conveyed into the connective tissue's crystalline matrix. Our biofield talks to our cells through these cellular skeletons, which are also piezoelectric conductors. So electromagnetic fields can change the shape of cells, and that mechanical stimuli can influence their electrical condition. Some researchers have suggested that this cellular communication system extends outside of our skin, allowing our bodies to talk to the universe. Microtubules might be the key resonators within our biology that play a pivotal role in receiving the information required to structure cells from the orchestra conductor of consciousness through the zero-point field. We humans also have magnetic detecting materials in our brains, which enables us to pick up on the geomagnetic frequencies of our surroundings. Dr. Robin Kelly states in his book, The Human Antenna, that our bodies are like radio receivers, which when tuned into the right frequencies can pick up information being broadcast by the universe. I've had the privilege of personally talking to Dr. Kelly about his research, and the human antenna is precisely how I would describe the energetic construct that I sense on the top of some of my more energetically sensitive clients' heads. The more sensitive the person, the more vivid this antenna appears, and the higher it stretches upwards into the cosmos. There is an overwhelming amount of evidence which demonstrates that almost anyone can enhance the communication power of their human antenna with specific practices designed to attune you to the frequencies you wish to read. The speed of this communication relies on the level of one's coherence and resonance with source. For those of you who have just joined us, Here's an explanation of what those words mean. And for those who've been listening to each episode in sequence, this will be just a quick refresher. In the electric universe model, every molecule or atom is in a resonant system and is singing in different frequencies. So all the molecules that have the same resonant frequency as one another are all in communication with one another otherwise known as sympathetic resonance. Remember the example I gave you with the two identical tuning forks? When you activate one, the other will resonate in sympathy, even without them touching one another. 
Another example of sympathetic resonance is when you use a remote key fob to lock and unlock your car door. Just as electrical signalling relies on a resonant communication system, resonance relies on coherence. The most common dictionary definition of coherence is the quality of being logically integrated, consistent and intelligible, as in a coherent statement. In the context of our physiology, coherence is more about the harmonious, orderly, and consistent relationship among parts. A coherent waveform is well-balanced and harmonious like a sine wave. By the way, my logo is a sine wave and also my initials. A coincidence? I'll let you be the judge. The opposite of coherence is incoherence, which has a distorted and chaotic waveform signal. Incoherence leads to chaos and the breakdown of order. In other words, just as honest, clear and consistent communication is vital in human relationships, it's also vital for the optimal function and health of our intercellular relationships. To illustrate the principles of coherence and incoherence and the frequencies that create them, Let's look at a very cool technology that helps us to literally see sound. Because energy fields are normally invisible, we tend to notice their effects rather than the frequency that created them. Swiss doctor Hans Jenny developed a branch of science called cymatics to help us better understand energy fields and their frequency dynamics. He built a machine called a cymoscope to demonstrate vibrations' transformative effects on matter. A cymoscope is a metal plate that's connected to an oscillator and frequency generator. When a tray of liquid or other material like sand or gel is attached to the top of the metal plate and frequencies are applied, the liquid in the tray becomes animated and weird distorted shapes appear like dancing ghosts. When Jenny turned the dial of the frequency generator, the shapes in the liquid on the plate would be distorted and chaotic until a coherent frequency was dialed in. When the frequencies passing through the liquid are coherent or harmonious sounding, the distorted shapes form stable and recognisable geometries with order, harmony and balance. But that's not all. The study of cymatics has also been a revelation in many other ways. It demonstrates how frequencies have hidden geometry. It shows that frequencies each have their own unique geometry or frequency signature with which we can identify them. For example, the geometry for 432 hertz looks different from the geometry of 440 hertz. It also demonstrates that the higher the frequency becomes, the more complex and beautiful the geometry of the shapes produced. It shows us that sound waves aren't just two-dimensional, they're three-dimensional, and that all frequencies radiate spherically from their source. It also reveals that these frequency signatures encode matter, 
and are like an invisible blueprint or programming which determines how matter is formed. Cymatics also reveals how frequencies are the organising force of the universe. This supports the top-down worldview that consciousness creates matter, not the other way around. Cymatics touches on a topic called sacred geometry, which is the study of how particular geometric shapes are encoded in the building blocks of organic matter. FYI, archaeological evidence exists that suggests a form of cymatics has been around for thousands of years and that it's not a new science, which explains why the ancient sages knew about sacred geometry and incorporated it into their buildings and artwork. This is a fascinating topic which I aim to cover in more detail next season. Once you begin to understand how fundamental coherent frequencies are to producing and sustaining life, you appreciate how important our own frequency signature is to our health and well-being. As I touched on briefly before, we don't naturally think of emotions and thoughts as being energy, but they are, and each emotion and thought has its own frequency signature. The emotions we label as positive actually reflect body states that are coherent, meaning the regulation of life processes becomes efficient, free-flowing and easy. And the feelings we label as negative, such as anger, anxiety and frustration, are examples of incoherent states. The reason why negative thoughts and emotions are physically uncomfortable to us and we tend to go out of our way to avoid or numb them, is because their waveforms are spiky and irregular, and not compatible with our geometry, which is the sacred geometry I was just talking about. Ever heard the expression, your body is a temple? Well, it can be, if you maintain its geometric integrity through coherence and resonance practices like biofield tuning. Japanese researcher and author of The Hidden Messages in Water, Masuru Emoto, beautifully demonstrates this concept through his experiments with water. When coherent frequencies in the form of kind and loving thoughts and emotions were applied to liquid water, and the water was frozen, the metrical geometry in the form of perfectly and complete snowflakes were formed. But when incoherent frequencies, in the form of angry or hateful thoughts and emotions, were applied to liquid water, the resulting snowflakes were deformed and incomplete. When you consider that humans are 70% water, and that water is an excellent conductor of frequency, it makes you appreciate the enormous influence that frequencies have on us. When we view ourselves in this way, it becomes clear that we should be more mindful of the frequencies in our environment and the ones we transmit with our thoughts, words and emotions. Much of our understanding about the healing effects of magnetism and magnetic fields is owed to Dr. Robert Becker, who used electricity and electromagnetic fields 
to stimulate the regrowth of broken bones. Through his research, he also determined the presence of a direct current electrical control system within the body that is central to healing as well as achieving various states of consciousness. The difference between our body's battery and the power in our homes is that we run on DC or direct current, which means that it always flows in the same direction. Mains electricity, on the other hand, is AC, or alternating current, which means the current changes direction many times per second. Here in New Zealand and in the UK, mains electricity has a frequency of 50 hertz, or cycles per second, while in the US the frequency is 60 hertz. Becker discovered that our DC system transmitted information through the membranes of the glial cells. Glial cells are traditionally considered part of the support system for the nerves and the central nervous system. There are about 10 to 50 times as many glial cells in the brain as there are neurons, which number approximately 100 million. While traditional science asserts that glial cells do not conduct electricity, Becker's work challenges that thinking. He found that the glial membranes actually fluctuate in electrical charge and voltage. In fact, Becker determined that the voltage change can be produced by an application of external energy fields, especially magnetic ones. Of all the four main types of energy, which are the strong and weak nuclear forces, gravitational and electromagnetic forces, electromagnetic energy is the only one that is easily manipulated. You might be surprised to hear that acoustic energy can transform electromagnetic energy, and vice versa, through the body's piezoelectric tissues which I mentioned earlier. Any acoustic input into the body can be transformed into electromagnetic energy, and any electromagnetic input can be transformed into acoustic energy. In her book Tuning the Human Biofield, author Eileen McCusick talks about the magnetic force present in the coherent frequencies emitted by activated tuning forks. She explains how she can use this magnetic force to collect and drag energetic stuff around like iron filings and transfer it from the biofield into a person's chakras for recycling. It may sound pretty far-fetched, but it can be backed up with science. When physicists started modelling atomic vibrations as particles in the 1930s, they realised that heat is simply the energy stored in the vibrations of atoms, and therefore understood that heat and sound are related. But mainstream science hasn't suggested that sound waves might also have magnetic properties until now. In 1915, a professor by the name of Joseph Harriman's offered experimental proof that these atomic vibrations have magnetic properties too, and that sound waves do interact with external magnetic fields. 
This is validating news for me because I've always believed sound and light to be closely related. The reason being is that I can see sound and it looks like light colours and textures and shapes to me. This trait is called energy synesthesia. I can put an activated tuning fork on a person's wrist and ask them how far up their arm they can feel the vibration. But I don't really need to ask because I can already see the shimmering path of the vibration and where it stops. My clients' answers always confirm exactly what I'm seeing. But sadly, the mainstream scientific community still excludes sound from the electromagnetic spectrum. If you googled why sound is not included in the spectrum, the answers you'll find go something like this. Because an electromagnetic wave can pass through the vacuum of space, but sound can't, because it's a purely mechanical wave that needs a conductive medium, like a solid liquid or gas, to move through space. Because space is an empty vacuum. Well, if proving space isn't empty is all that's required to put sound on the electromagnetic spectrum, then that was proved nearly a decade ago by the CERN discovery. But the discovery of phonons has provided even more reasons why sound should be included on the spectrum. Most of you would have heard the word photon, which is the name for light when it's in its particle form. You see, light can behave as both a wave or a particle, depending on who's looking. This phenomenon is called the observer effect. The sound equivalent of a light particle is what physicists call a phonon, derived from the Greek word for sound. So, both sound and light have wave and particle characteristics and are energetic forces, moving through the medium of the zero-point field, which fills the whole universe. Both have the power to transform and sustain matter and life. I believe that's because sound is audible light, and light is visible sound. I actually had this revelation during a migraine storm, in which my energy synesthesia increased even more. Synesthesia is when one sensory mode is experienced through another, like hearing colour or seeing music. Let's talk a bit more about photons for a moment, because they will help us segue into the next episode on subtle energy. Biophotons, which were originally called mitogenic rays, were first discovered in the 1920s by Russian biologist Alexander Gerwich. Bio meaning life, and photons meaning light. So biophotons are actually lifelight. But it wasn't until 1976 that a German researcher of biophysics, a fellow by the name of Dr. Fritz Albert Popp, made the first extensive physical analysis of biophotons. Popp and others are shaking up the scientific community with a new understanding of DNA as light. They have demonstrated that DNA operates not only chemically, but also electromagnetically, and that DNA is essentially a storage unit for light, and a source of biophoton emissions. In other words, 
all living things emit and absorb light from their DNA. The core reactor from which we broadcast our personal frequency signature. That means that we humans are not only sound, we're also light. Our DNA also has its own battery system, but it uses scalar energy, which is also called Tesla waves, because they were discovered by Nikola Tesla, the same genius that invented the alternating current motor and discovered how to transmit energy wirelessly back in the early 1900s. Scalar waves are capable of penetrating any solid object and can even pass through the earth from one side to the other without losing strength. That's pretty impressive. Pop's work shows that the kind of light healthy organisms emit is coherent. By contrast, an organism that's injured or under stress emits a larger than normal amount of light, and the type of light differs in that it's incoherent. This excessive life force leakage in a stressed organism explains the lack of sparkle you feel when you're stressed out or ill. Through the before and after energy measurements I record for every client session, I can trace even the most subtle amounts of light leakage in a person's energy system and correct it. It's amazing to witness my clients regain their sparkle over a course of sessions. I see their eyes, skin and personalities become shiny and bright again and they look like they're lit from within. Not only that, their optimism, confidence and enthusiasm for life returns. It's interesting that when an organism goes from a healthy state to an unhealthy state, both the light and the sound it emits is transformed from coherent to incoherent, which not only demonstrates that light and sound are related, but that health is a matter of coherence. It also explains how energy medicine works and why it is that the use of coherent frequencies of light and sound can help us maintain a state of homeostasis. Our bodies are always trying to return to a state of homeostasis because it knows harmony is the hallmark of health. Now we know just how our biofield talks to our cells and our cells communicate with one another and back to our biofield in a biofeedback loop. Through this loop, every cell knows what's happening in every other cell, which is how the body knows what it needs to heal itself. How it communicates that healing information to our consciousness, or the consciousness of an energy therapist, is something I'll be discussing over the next couple of episodes. Thanks for listening. Coming up in the next episode, I'll be exploring the other type of energy in our biofield, subtle energy, and describing its network of systems and channels, and how they influence our physical, mental, and spiritual health. It's truly fascinating. You won't want to miss it. See you there.